Welcome to the big show. We're doing it right out of the gate here. And we've got a special guest today. I, of course, am Jack Shepard. Uh, Jack, can I quickly stop down real quick? Perfect. That's, that's great. This is actually great. This is what I w- was hoping would happen. Start of the show. Um, I know you did the counting and you're like, oh, let's all prepare. Like, make sure that our recorders are prepared. And was yours? No, I wasn't recording. Okay. I am now. Yeah. Okay. But I missed all of the counting. Okay, perfect. Do you want to count again? Okay. Let's count to six. One. Okay. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Okay. I got that. Now that's on tape. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Tanner, I think it's really nice that you helped me practice counting. Like I would <laughs> yeah. have to do it live. I do that for time. the guests. You. you know, whenever we have guests on, I like really play nice. this like sort of buffoonish idiot who like can't turn on his recorder, but that so in Victorian times it was considered polite for the hostess to spill wine on the tablecloth first. Yeah. Uh, to make her guests uh, feel comfortable. So you're just like that. Why do you know so much about the Victorian times? Are you a time traveler? <laughs> yep. Um, that voice you hear, know, folks, know. is our special guest. It's Vanessa Zoltan from the Hot and Bothered podcast. We were very lucky to have her. You've recommended a novel for us to read uh, by one of our yeah. faves, the one who started it all, uh, Tessa Dare. I know. I, sh- I should have gone farther afield for y'all, but... Oh, no, this is right where we want to be. It is One Dance with a Duke, where true temptation begins at midnight. One Dance with a Duke, but there's more than one dance with the Duke, isn't there, in this one? Hey, they do the uh, the horizontal mambo. Okay, Tanner, I meant they actually do have a couple of right? other dances. <laughs> I got <later>. excited <laughs> that you were going to stop halfway through that first word and say they do the hora. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? I they have Jewish? a different edition. I don't think I picked up on that. <laughs> He's the Duke of Midnight. What a cool yes. thing. Spencer Moreland. That's good branding. You know what? That's two lewd branding consultants. We, yeah. He doesn't even need us. He doesn't need We us. should be like taking his master class. He's amazing at branding in general. He's yeah, like, he I want everyone to be scared of me, even <laughs> though I'm a very nice man. It's such a cool thing too to like take uh, like mental illness, like severe crippling social anxiety, and like mm-hmm. figure out how to brand it and turn it into something like hip. That's cool. Do you alluring. know how we could all do that? Millions how? of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he does have millions of dollars, but he's um, he's agoraphobic or anoclophobic. What's the second one mean? Afraid of afraid of being in a large sources? crowd. Oh, okay. oh, I think that that's yeah. He's not an agoraphobe. Yeah, he likes being out. Yeah, on his horse. He's an anoclophobe, which is fun. But I thought before we get into the plot of this, maybe uh, yes. We- thank you, Jack. You're right. Before we get Perfect. into the plot of this, I would like to talk about something I learned on Dinosaur Train the other day. Okay. I was watching Dinosaur Train the other day. Are you familiar with this, Vanessa? I'm not. It's um, it it's exactly what it says yeah. on the tin. It's uh, yeah. it's a TV show uh, produced by Jim Henson. Made for PBS, uh, where a bunch of dinosaurs ride on a train to go to different yep. periods in the in prehistory to sure. experience different kinds of dinosaurs. And what I learned on the dinosaur train was that it's not pronounced Ankylosaurus like you might think. Ankylosaurus. 
It's pronounced Ankylosaurus. Yeah. I know that. Like Kylo Ren. I'm a dinosaur dad. It isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> like Kylo Ren. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Jack didn't even need to watch Dinosaur Train. No, I've watched all of that. Dinosaur oh, Train. Seen it. <laughs> oh, you know this from Dinosaur Train? Yeah. Wow. I need to watch this documentary. Paleontologist Scott taught you that, huh, Jack? Yeah, paleontologist Scott taught me that. I know my dinos. Yeah. I, we're, we had a long dino fit. I have a four-year-old. So we watched okay. all of Dinosaur Train. Um, why did you want to share that, Tanner? Because j- it sounds like a noclophobe. Got it. Sorry. Yep. Carry yep. on, Vanessa. Yep. <laughs> I just found out that brontosauruses are back, are real again. They're back. Pluto's back. They were back. my favorite. Yes. Yeah. And then they went away. And they have two names now. Oh, I didn't know that. But I just got told, no, no, you don't need to be sad that your favorite dinosaur isn't real. We, real we prematurely mourned the brontosaurus. I'm waiting for Pluto to come back. As a a patasaurus. <laughs> patasaurus. Thank you. That's Dad. the other name for a brontosaurus now. <laughs> They brought it back, but they're like, you can't, we're bringing it back. You cannot call it a brontosaurus. (laughs) That's them. They're just like saving face. They're like, we have to. You know what, guys? I'm a rebel. I'm calling it a brontosaurus. I'm calling it a brontosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You hear this all the time. You hear this little factoid from the DNA uh, molecule in Jurassic Park. (laughs) And he says, uh, thunder lizard. Tyrannosaurus rex means thunder lizard, right? No, not really. No, it doesn't. Doesn't Rex mean king? Yeah, Rex means king, Tyrannus. You know what means thunder lizard? Brontosaurus means lizard. Brontosaurus means thunder lizard. There we go. Okay. That's right. My dog agrees with you. (laughs) She's like, duh, Vanessa, you're embarrassing yourself. Okay, I get it. Um, I'd love to try to steer us back on track here. Please Um, do. And uh, I thought that we could start uh, with a quick name generator. Yes. And the name generator that I want to start with is... What is your... Saucy Duke name. Oh, Saucy Duke name. Interesting. So this okay. Duke, the Duke in this novel, and we will describe it, but his, he's called the Duke of Midnight. And it's because yes. he's, his, thing, his, his thing, which is I've got to admit is pretty cool, is that like he doesn't ever want to be at parties he doesn't want to go to parties but he feels like he has to because he's a very rich duke and so he only shows up at the stroke of midnight and dances with one lady and then leaves and it's very cool and it's the talk of the town everyone like counts down until midnight i think the way that we can do this name generator and get our own cool duke name is just say what you would be doing generally on a regular day at midnight if you're not asleep. Okay. If you're not asleep. Yeah. Okay. I can go first if you guys and, need can it. I Can I qu- ask a few quick questions? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, preparing for sleep? Off the table? Off the table? On the table? Uh, if you if you want to be the Duke of preparing for sleep, you can, but I it's- Like Duke of brushing my teeth or- <laughs> Do you think- here's, here's how I want you to do this in your mind. Yeah. There are a certain number of nights that are normal nights- when you're awake at midnight. Sure. You know, there are weird nights when you're awake at midnight. Sure. You're taking a late flight or like somebody's robbing your house or whatever. Yeah. But there right. are normal okay. nights when you're just awake at midnight. Yep. What's the most likely scenario? I that's what mine. I think. Okay. So if it's brushing your teeth, that's fine. Okay, Vanessa, let's let's you're the duke of anxiety budgeting. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Those those two <laughs> terms that you just used together yeah. could not be further apart in my mind. If I am if I am anxious, yeah. the last thing I'm doing is thinking about budgeting. No, but I'm I am anxious. In fact, budgeting and money is the reason I'm anxious. Exactly. So I am moving numbers around because I'm anxious trying to deal with the fact that I'm anxious. This makes total sense to me, Tanner. It's nice that you channel anxiety into an extremely useful task that most Thank of us you. will be putting. You off. also like that's I great. would prefer to be vacuuming, but the rest of my family thinks that's rude <laughs> if I do that at midnight. At midnight. <laughs> but but anxiety budgeting you can do quietly. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm the last thing I'm going to be doing is is thinking about a budget when I'm anxious at midnight. Tanner, I feel judged right now. I don't feel supported at all. <laughs> Good. Good. Also, yeah. I'm. I appreciate that you don't care about gender norms, but I would prefer to be the Duchess of Anxiety Budgeting. Yeah, that's fair mind. enough. Yeah, Thank Duchess, you. Duchess. the just, Duchess of Anxiety Budgeting. And if folks, if you're playing along at home, you can choose whatever you like. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I just title yeah, wise. Yeah. I'm just a Duchess. Um, it's just how I beca- am. Because I'm not thinking about money and budgeting at midnight. Yeah. Um, I'm usually doing everything I can to avoid thinking about that, which involves. Um, Imbibing, mm-hmm. uh, illicit or less illicit Licit. intoxicants, <laughs> Licit. and uh, <laughs> watching YouTube videos. So I would be the Duke of watching YouTube videos about the time period between 1.8 and 0.8 billion years ago in the middle of the Proterozoic eon. That's okay, it's not catchy. It's not. I didn't say it was catchy. Nobody just said nobody... it's wor- it's it's my name. Sure. I'm just saying that the gossip You don't think that's going to win me like any like young harlots at the the dance. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. I just don't think the broadsheets are going to be like, "Do you know who was at the ball last night?" The yeah. duke of the guy Listen, who stoned It's called the boring YouTube. billion. I, I'm just I'm not criticizing. It's the dullest time in Earth's history. <laughs> I'm happy. A billion for you. years where nothing happened. I think yeah. it sounds great. I'm just saying that you're not going to get the media coverage that you're looking for. That's all. I'm trying to manage your okay. expectations. You know what? If that turns people off, I didn't want them in my totally, lives. Totally, totally. They don't deserve you. <laughs> I need someone who will watch documentaries about the most boring billion years in Earth history. With I want me. that for you. I'm the Tanner Jack? taught me. You taught me a term for when you stay up later than you want to because you feel like you didn't have the kind of day you wanted to have yeah yeah what's that called i don't remember is it revenge insomnia <laughs> revenge insomnia something like that anyway that's what i'm always doing something along those lines jamie taught me that term isn't it regret insomnia you never you never really regret it i mean you regret it because you're you're sort of like on week 100 of not getting enough sleep sure but so this is most nights for me but it's a very specific thing i am the duke of falling asleep watching a documentary about failures at sea while clutching something like half a pint of wine in my left hand like it's a life preserver yeah i tell you what man we don't even need any of these like (laughs) young debutantes yeah you guys have because we've we've found one another. You know, <laughs> it's like the crazy the worst ball world. in Regency history. So now I really want to ask you about which books about failed sea voyages you've read. But we, that's another podcast that I would like. I've to be read. On, I've please. read a bunch. Is Nathaniel Philbrick your fave? I read Explorer once. Oh my god, they're so good. These are some of my favorite yeah. things to read. But yeah. let's. 
I also love romance novels. I love romance yes, novels. Yes, we more. did. We read a whole one. Yeah, yeah. I love them. We more. read a whole one. We did. We read a whole one. Yeah. One Dance with the Duke. Here's what we normally like to do it's part of the Stud Club trilogy. It is. Uh, which is fun. I pee freely. And it's the segment where we talk about how Tessa Dare stole the name of the Stud Club from us. It's the name of our club, Jack. <laughs> That's, it's uh, okay. Okay, I didn't know it, but I'm... <laughs> it's a two-person club. It's me and you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not and invited. And Tessa Dare stole it. <laughs> and, sorry, it's a three-person club. Yeah. We have a newly minted member, yeah. <laughs> Vanessa. Yay. And it's the stud club. And we yeah. breed horses like the guys in this one, or...? No, okay. no, no, no. Yeah. We all wear stud earrings. No hoop earrings here. <laughs> yeah. No dangly earrings. They're bad for podcasting. We do love to say what happened in a book. Okay. Uh, Hard to clip out yeah. in like a Photoshop, you know? <laughs> if you're trying to like separate someone from their background, a dangly earring is a little tough. Go ahead, Jack. Thank you. Historically, we do it in 90 seconds. Vanessa, right. would you like to do the honors for us? Do you think you can describe this novel in 90 seconds? Well, I've been training for this my whole life. Okay, perfect. The whole book, 90 seconds. I should set a timer. I, I set a timer. You set a timer. Uh, Jack will time you. So, Because you, you, we need you... Just entirely laser focused on yeah, this. Yeah, we don't yeah. want and to, he's merciless. to be worried you about the second <laughs> over. I'm not afraid of him. I love <laughs> a boundary. You really shouldn't be. I'm the Duchess of Anxiety budgeting, y'all. You think I don't <laughs> love a boundary? I'd say what I'm the Duke of, but it's too long to say. <laughs> um, okay, uh, please describe this whole novel, One Dance with a Duke, in 90 seconds beginning... Now. So Amelia's poor and she's sort of on the shelf, but she wants to get married and she's very attached to her family. She has a ne'er-do-well brother named Jack who um, has a gambling addiction and she meets the Duke of Midnight who um, holds debts for her brother and she goes up to him and he does not want to dance with her and she's like, just forgive my brother's debts, okay? And he's like, no. And then he starts having a panic attack so he pulls her out onto a terrace and then these other men are like, we're all in the stud club and one of the members of the stud club has died. You have to come with us and he goes with them and um, they're like, who killed the this other member of the stud club? And in the meantime, he's like, Amelia, you're hot. And so in that first night, he's like, we should get married. And she's like, uh, no. And then he kisses her and she's like, uh, yeah. And so then they do sort of a marriage of convenience thing, but with some attraction. They gamble a little. He seduces her slowly. In the meantime, they move out into the country. Her brother, Jack, comes to visit. Can I have a time check? In the um, 60 seconds. Oh, my. 30 seconds more. Okay. And um, Jack is like, I need more money. And the Duke husband is like, you have to choose between the two of us. And she's like, I can't choose. You can't make me choose my against my brother. And he's like, by the way, I have a ward. And she's pregnant. And Amelia is like, uh, I think that you should be a better you know, guardian. And she runs away. She gives Jack some money. Also, there's some drama with a horse. A horse gets shot. Oh, no. And then they realize she gets rid of Jack, and he's a better, ward, a better guardian, and they fall in love, and they dance at midnight. And time. <sighs> that was very good. I'm sorry he's such a tyrant. No, I love I, it's. I like that about him. I just cannot. I just I got one thing wrong. They don't dance at yes. midnight. They dance at like 12.03. Yeah, it's fun sure, at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. They, uh, they, he, they're like waiting. For, I, they're waiting for him to show up at midnight, and yeah. you think that's how it's going to end. But he's like, he's a little. He's bit late, late. and cute. she's like, yeah. "Why are you late?" And he's like, "Oh, my ribs." It's very cute. Yeah, it's like that, <laughs> yeah, but sexy. He, like, cracked his ribs. The Duke of twelve oh three doesn't sound great, but I don't think <laughs> any of us are in a position to call people out on their Duke names. <laughs> yeah. 
Jack would be the Duke of 1206. Okay. Tanner's worked always, out. Turns, Vanessa, Tanner's worked uh, out. Jack exactly is six minutes late to literally everything. How late I always am. It's always six minutes. You were on time for us tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know what, Jack? You were. Yeah. There goes my hero. <laughs> Watch him as he goes. I got an email today that Foo Fighters merch is on sale. Oh, perfect. If you're looking. Uh, are you a Foo Fighters fan? Why else would you get that email? Well, who's not a Foo Fighters fan? Introduce me to this <laughs> this lost soul. Good point. Thank you. Uh, good job. That is the book. You did do the entire book. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, you got, y'all don't even need to read it now. <laughs> he had to shoot his horse. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to say, Tessa Dare murdered a number of people in order to make this happen. And I like Tessa Dare, but I yeah. didn't love this. Jack is a walking didthedogdie.com. Yeah. <laughs> like, if a if an animal dies in a piece of media, Jack is immediately just like, Don't watch Twister. Out, out, I'm out. Jack. Okay. <laughs> that cute. Don't That's watch actually, the 1996 film twister it's been on my list since 1996 because i just missed it it was a big sensation and i it didn't occur to me to ask whether the dog dies in it so one of these days i was gonna watch twister and now i'm not don't a cow we recently a cow we recently watched it the dog does not die the The dog survives (laughs) it just whips by in the tornado but then it survives a cow does die does the the dog survives <laughs> Wait, which dog? There's a dog at the beginning when the baby Helen Hunt. I haven't seen this since 1996, so my uh, memory. Well, I just recently rewatched okay. it. Doesn't baby Helen Hunt fall in love with storms by watching one from like a shelter and a dog whips by? Am I making that up? I think you're you're conflating a few things. It's it's a cow that a whips cow- by. I thought a dog doesn't a dog They're get in, sucked out of the room or something? That's no. Wizard of Oz. No, Ye- I think so. <laughs> you might be right. I think yes, a dog I think you might dies, be right. Jack. I, also, I think they're running for their storm shelter I, and I'm the dog doesn't Vanessa make it. out of the two of you, yes. frankly. Yeah. Okay, can I just yeah. say in defense of Tessa Dare, no animals are harmed on the page. You don't have to like no one gets murdered on the page at all. You get told about it later. You don't have to like witness they murder. it. They right. murder. Her blood is all they over his murder. body. A, a beautiful, a beautiful um, horse. What do you call a female? It was horse? a mercy killing. No, it's a girl because she's in love. Yeah, with, it's a girl. Yeah, it's um, Tanner didn't read the book. Juno is the name of the horse. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Tanner is right. So uh, essential part of the plot is that he wants to win this horse. And the reason that he's so desperate to win the horse is it's the only horse that can gentle his mare. Mm-hmm. And that's not a yeah. euphemism. It's just mm-hmm. literally the thing. Yeah. Um, and Isn't it's that And sweet? it's sweet. And it humanizes him. Yeah. Um, until he shoots the mare. <laughs> but like I. Because the mare. As soon as I learned that fact, I was like, okay, this is the romance. The romance of this book is Juno and Osiris, the horses. I cannot wait until these horses get together in the end. Yeah. I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. And the thing I like about romances is that they always have a happy ending. And so you never need to worry. <laughs> I and I was completely taken by surprise when Tessa was like, "I'm gonna kill the horse, as just to get her out of the way." No, <laughs> it wasn't a good And then, and then of course, it's like it's like Romeo and Shakespeare, or uh, it's like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, because as soon as Osiris figures out that what's her name? Are you talking Juno? It's Juno a, it's a real mi- mixing of 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 uh, mythologies, myths, but. yeah. And that's why I was so confused. Yeah, sure, yeah. that's why he was so confused. <laughs> as soon as Osiris figures out that Juno has been killed by 
uh, Duke Moreland. Yeah, he takes poison, uh, doesn't he? He takes poison and yeah, kills in himself. In a tomb. Oh my God. So yeah. then it turns out that Juno sad. wasn't really dead. <laughs> yeah, no, she, wasn't. she wakes up yeah. from the shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a mess. But we're supposed to not she, care about she's that. She's like 50 cents. <laughs> I yeah. think we are. I think we're supposed to be heartbroken by that. Um, and she kills a man. Yeah, he's too. pretty devastated. Tessa kills a man, too. A, a man named Leo. Completely off the page. Just... <laughs> it happens before the book even yeah, yeah. starts, Jack. But we have to watch yeah. his like his deaf sister. Yes, is right grieving. Uh, is grieving yeah. as and that's like oh, the book opens with a grieving. It's like this is I think some of the saddest stuff I've seen. And you've read a lot more romances than I have, Vanessa. But we've read about fifteen Me? so far. Not you, Tanner. You've read no. exact. You read, <laughs> read literally exactly you. the same number of romances as I. I'm have. so sorry I introduced um, you to a sad romance. No, we loved there, it. Writes a um, lot of sad. Have you read this entire trilogy? No, I haven't. I've read. I don't care about the annoying one. I've read the hot army guys one. I don't remember. Okay. Names, oh, I'm the, sorry. But the the older the brother? one who falls in love with the death Ashworth death sister. and Bellamy. Yeah, Bellamy. Don't give a oh, shit about Bellamy. that guy. Not going to read his book. We've got a hot yeah, segment Bellamy's for a this. Okay. If I may, please. Uh, it's called. Let's guess what happens in the sequels. Yes. Okay. Okay, good, because I um, haven't read the Bellamy one. So the stud club, and not our one, and this is going to be confusing for listeners. There are yeah. two stud clubs. There's one, it's Tanner, Vanessa, and Jack. Yeah. But that's, f- from here on out, we're mostly going to be talking about the stud club <laughs> that's from this book. Yeah. And okay. it's called the stud club because they breed horses, unlike us. Yes. Right. Um, Ours is called the stud club because, we're hot. you know. <laughs> yeah, we're hot people. We can't um, help it. <laughs> and so there's going to be more stud clubs. So, but the stud club is these guys, and they don't like each other at the beginning of this. But I get a sense that they're going to be friends. And it's Ashworth and Bellamy. Yeah. And um, power rankings: Who's the sexiest? Number one, Ashworth. Ashworth. Obviously. Ashworth. Obviously. Number two, Moreland. Yeah. Number three, distant number three, Bellamy. Yes. Well, so this is so Ashworth. His thing is, um, it, it's a very romance novel thing. He, he's Ashworth, the indestructible. Here, here's the thing he says when he's first introduced: "Too young, all the wrong men die young." Swearing, Ashworth kicked the Ottoman. Worthless devils like me. Now we're damn near indestructible. This guy can't die, but he kind of wants to. He can't die. Yeah. He's given he up on wanting to die, though. He's like, why even bother? Yeah, he's given to up die? on it. Why bother? He needs to find somebody. I think to um, make him not so sad yeah. all the time anymore. Yeah. Um, Survivor. So that's guilt your prediction. Well, he's he's book two. That's that's one. I have one other guess. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I've got two other guesses. Um, the okay. other one is a million guesses. Bellamy. I can't. I I'm trying. So Bellamy's the other guy. Yeah. Here's the passage yeah. with Bellamy. He's sort of the dork. He's like a dorkus. He's the president of the frat. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But like, Bad vibe. he's like too Not- into the rules of the stud club, and he's like, they have these stupid rules. It's like you can't. I don't even know. No, but like, I'm gonna say something that makes it sound like I'm in, more into frats than I am. Mm-hmm. But like. He's like he is the president of the frat, but he's not cool enough to be in a frat. You know? Oh, yeah. see, I okay. think in college people <laughs> thought 
he was cool. I think that that's the thing about yeah. him, right? He has like this hairstyle that everyone in London is emulating. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he is sort of a he's like a king. He's like a tastemaker. Yeah, right? I think he's the president of the frat and cares a lot about being president of the frat and is like thirty and is still that's wearing true. his yeah, frat yeah. sweatshirt. You're right. You're right. You're right. And you're like, yeah. dude. I just know him from this book, and to me, he reads as like Dorcas. Yeah. Like he's just—he's a very unpleasant. He's my least favorite of the stunt club. Sucks. Yeah. My, so my power rankings are Ashworth, then the one dance Moreland. with the Duke Spencer. Yeah. Spencer Moreland, and then this guy Bellamy. That's the correct ranking. But here's a passage that makes me think he's going to be in a sequel. Just as well, then Amelia said, hoping that her friend did not return the man's affections. Nothing good could come of such a match. Lily was a refined, delicate lady from one of England's most noble families. Julian Bellamy was a hellraiser of indiscriminate origins. Okay, I know what the origins yeah. is. That's funny you say that, Tessa Dare, because some of us have uh, researched the hellraisers, <laughs> and we know exactly what their origins is. Yeah, and it's. The labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh huh. It's a world of infinite pleasure of pain that exists, kind of. I think between our world and the next, and you can access mm-hmm. it when you open the lament configuration box, which you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely shouldn't. And David Bowie. So I think is there. she's gonna do a Hellraiser. She's d- so he is a Hellraiser. Yeah. Now that's okay. interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, I think Jack and the young ward, Caroline. Is that her Claudia. Name? Claudia. Yeah. Will be book two. Yeah. So brother Jack is, a, he needs to be redeemed. I think he goes off to America and we never hear from him again. That's my prediction. <laughs> oh, I think she goes with him and they become like. Well, she, does, she, she doesn't, doesn't go with, go with him. him. Did you not finish the no, book? No, I think she will end up going with him. <laughs> She will end up going with him. She'll go and to she'll find him. Like a, I want better they did for cool, her. Like, they'll both be like mass holes. She deserves better yeah. than this. Like, he's cool. He's, he's a manipulative little shit. <laughs> he, he's got a gambling addiction. Sure, but that that is fine. He wanted to make her into an ominous woman. Sort of. Is this going to be the end of the stud club? This is... We're fighting already. <laughs> I think that fighting and getting back together is what makes us a true club. <laughs> yeah, it's true of those dudes too. Ashworth and um, Spencer Moreland are constantly having this like funny interchange where Spencer's like, "Are we friends?" <laughs> and Ashworth yeah, is like, like, "We're not we're enemies." Not enemies. <laughs> and it's and like, then, "All right, guys, are like, you fucking like, work kiss, it out." Kiss. Kiss, kiss. Yeah. yeah. Maybe is that your prediction? It's it's Moreland and Ashworth? No. I mean I that that's my fantasy. That's not my prediction. I Ashworth is by far the hottest. My favorite thing about Ashworth is that night that they're like waiting to find out, find the body of the dead brothers slash member of the stud club. And Ashworth is the only one who still naps and snacks. I'm like, relatable, Ashworth. (laughs) Me too. And Amelia's like, it's probably from his time at war. He knows that you should always be rested and well-fed. And I'm like, I've never been a war, but I know that too. (laughs) He's probably also anxiety budgeting. (laughs) He's like, hey, I've got some downtime. I'm pretty stressed out, but I'm going to make use of it in a good way. He's he's like a new lord, you know. Like yeah, he's got it. some like he has a lot of financial stuff to figure to out. <laughs> yeah. House is quiet. I'm gonna cut up an apple. I'm gonna take a 20 minute nap, and then I'm gonna do some budgeting. <laughs> Me and Ashworth. Yeah. Thank you for being happy for us. We're very happy together. Uh, let's take a very quick break, and then continue to discuss this fascinating, scintillating novel. Perfect. I have to go potty. So okay, perfect. timing couldn't be better. Great. I have to look up dinosaur train. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hmm. What would I do with an extra hour in my day? Very interesting question, BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. This is Evil Tanner. I'm like regular Tanner, except evil. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, has put a little prompt here in the copy for us. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? My own website, which only exists on the dark web, of course, uh, wetterhelp.com, could use a little help. So I would probably use that hour to do a whole bunch, like just flood Facebook with one like, one prayer. Please go donate to my GoFundMe. I need to bring my website, wetterhelp.com, back from the brink. Betterhelp.com, they feel like there's a little bit of uh, infringement. I said, well, you know, we're on the dark web. You guys are on the surface web. Our whole thing is like, getting people wet who don't want to be wet so it's like stepping in a puddle or like sitting on a bench that's wet that's us like that's what we do share this with a friend one like one prayer i will follow through on the like prayer stuff too i will be praying all night i would use today's sponsor betterhelp.com um of course i can't i am evil tanner i can only use the deep web we do have a deep web version of betterhelp.com um it's called worsehelp.com it's not good but i think betterhelp.com is great from everything i've heard convenient flexible suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist you can switch at any time no additional charge uh go check it out learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash bedfellows to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash bedfellows see you there well not me but have fun It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. And we're back. Um, and what else? What have we not said about this novel yet? There's a lot to say. Oh, so well, many the, things, Jack. The most important one. Yeah. Is the way that he seduces her. Yes. So yes. he. Okay. She, yes. Wedding night is like, yeah, don't want to have sex with you yet. And he's like, I respect that. Very love in the time of cholera. Super into it. And so yeah. he seduces her by. Play by gambling with her. Yeah, they play strip PK. P- <laughs> yeah, good old. <laughs> they place wagers. She's like, yeah. if I win, you have to pay off my brother's debt. And he's like, great. If I win, you got to sit on my lap naked. Yeah, Hachi, and it's very <laughs> sexy. But then it's very sweet because she like loses on purpose because she wants a hug. She wants a hug. It's so nice. Yeah. I was t- so touched by that. I was genuinely touched it's by that. Right? Like, when, but, but what? he's bad at that. He's bad at it. 
Because as soon as he starts hugging her, he's like, oh, I'm so horny. Like, let's do sex. He's like, oh, she's doing it wrong. She went in for the kiss and she, like, leaned too far. This is so awkward. And then he's like, wait, what are these arms around my back? What is this feeling I'm feeling? And then it's like, oh, there's another way of relating to someone. Oh, it's affection. (laughs) It's affection. He's never tried it, but he likes it. It's so dear. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot. The this is the the like this novel is the strip teasiest novel. It's like it, it's a strip tease. Like it, we haven't come across this specific thing. There's a lot of like I'm calling it a procrastinated assignation, where it's like okay. the like okay. the, or seduction, the, but yeah, or seduction. Yeah, where it's like the mechanism is that they are about to do it and they don't and they're about and that's common in romance novels but this one they really like tessa portions it out via this yes, like striptease mechanism where it's like yeah. the first night it like and it's only a 10 minute where only yeah the, there's the a rules timer. of the wager are that it's only for 10 minutes and it seemed like it was gonna get hot and heavy but we're both like super committed to this bit and like <laughs> it's like you with your 90 second recap yeah yeah exactly but there's also like the the uh, emotional strip tease where like he like like they he's like slowly revealing himself over like really slowly slower than most dudes yeah. like normally right. there's like they take a while to let their boundaries down yeah. but he's just like I'm an asshole I'm the Duke of Midnight and it takes a very long time before he actually lets her right. in at all and like most people he does it by um you know sort of. Uh, the horse way in mm-hmm. the horse you way know, in. that's the like, best way to do yeah. it yeah that's how my husband and i did it. here's me here's <laughs> who i am i'm into horses yeah yep third date peter took me out and was like see how i love this horse i might love you like that one day i was like okay like, why are you taking me to a horse barn just watch how much i'm nice to this horse <laughs> we live in the middle of a city are you gonna murder me out here what? Why I, do I, just this want, horse? I just want you to see me be nice oh. to a horse. <laughs> it's like it works on all the ladies. <laughs> it's save the cat, but be nice to a horse. <laughs> I was just gonna say another thing that I really love about this book is that he values her crafting. Yeah, he really likes her crafting. Oh yeah, it's, sh- it's a whole scene. He um he she she is a um what do you call it? Thread in thread in needlepoint. Um, she does needlepoint. Needlepoint. She does yeah. needlepoint. She does needlepoint. Or point, And he... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like Pinhead. And that's how <laughs> Pinhead got all his pins. And then she's like, oh, I did this shitty needlepoint. It sucks. And he's like, that needlepoint is never going to adorn a pillow in my house for as long as I live. And she's like, okay, this dude hates my needlepoint. But the, the truth is he doesn't hate her needlepoint. She He loves her needlepoint. It's so beautiful. It's a work of art. Yeah. And he's like, this so won't be practical. So he wants to hang it on the, the wall of the, it, it belongs in a museum. Yeah. He's like, he no ass is going to sit on this. Eyes will gaze upon right. it. I just think that. You want people to toot on this? Part yeah, right. of what romance novels are, are instruction manuals that women are writing to men as to how we want to be loved. And I'm not a big oh, crafter. Is that true? Yes, which is why it's brilliant that you all are reading these because uh-uh. most straight cis men don't read these. So you guys are ahead of the curve. But one of the things that I feel like a lot of women want is for men to love their crafts. Okay. Yes. And so all right. this, that's gonna, in the instruction manual here. Try to What's, figure out how to take that on board. Mm-hmm. 
What's Sarah's craft? I mean, she's, she's a writer. She's got a sewing machine. She, does she she's sew making also? A, well, she's, well, no, her craft, <laughs> right. sorry. No, she, but you're right. She's, she's going to listen to this, so she's going to be annoyed that I went to the literal crafting that she has no, just started to do. No, but that's what we were talking and about. And not her actual craft, which is that she is a very gifted writer. <laughs> no, 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 no. But we were talking about crafting <laughs> in the arts and crafts way. She, she won't get mad at you. She's too smart for that. She'll be like, Vanessa, why Can did we- you shame Jack by doing that? I'm sorry, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for bailing yeah. me out there. I appreciate Jimmy it. Jimmy doesn't play World of Warcraft. She doesn't play World so of Warcraft. I feel like I'm at a loss for what her craft would be. She's a writer too, Tanner. No, I know, but she does that professionally. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I read everything she writes, of course. You know, but what's her passion? So you got to be nice about the thing. But he does a bad job of it because he just like rips it away from her and she's like okay i guess he didn't like it yeah <laughs> so but he figures not, it yeah, out he's at not the very end good at... she's she later sees that he's like framed it in his bedroom yeah it's really nice and it's like no yep. you're yep. halfway there dude you the, rip it away from her by all means but then say it. because i want to frame it in my bedroom yes but he's the duke of yeah. midnight he suffers from social anxiety yeah. though you know he's not good at this well, not stuff. only that he was raised with so much privilege he's never had to justify his actions to anyone before He's just like, trust me, sure. I'm awesome 100% of the time. So what what is wrong with this guy? I So this is another trope that Tanner and I have picked up on, which is that there's like, it's often broken men who need to be fixed. And it, I think so far, it's usually not the case on the other side of it. Like, Amelia is, she's seems fine. You know, she's yeah, like, she's, good. she's not like, she doesn't have the best life necessarily, but she's not like... She's not like horribly broke. Like Ashworth is so broken that like he needs to like get in punch fights in the hope that someone will kill him. Yes. And this guy like can't be in crowds and like, but it's also like, I can't quite figure out what it is that's broken about him. Do you want me to get really like obnoxious about a theory? Yes, please. So first of all, Amelia does have real problems, right? She like severely underestimates her own self-worth and feels as though yes, she only yes. is is of worth if she is being useful to others, including constantly yeah. providing her brother Jack with funds even though she knows he'll gamble them away. So I would say that she is, you know, she needs this unconditional love as well. She thinks that she has to be helpful in order to be loved. And he's like, uh-uh, you deserve unconditional love. And then I think I think patriarchy allows men's, like, anxieties or problems to codify because they are not pushed to correct themselves socially as much, right? Women are trained, especially in the Regency era, to make themselves as palatable as possible, whereas men just didn't have to. And I think that part of making yourself agreeable to the world is having to deal with your shit in order to empathize with others and be caring to others and he just didn't have to do that so that's why men suck more because of patriarchy it's not their fault everyone's a victim of patriarchy they're both equally broken but he's never been forced in any meaningful way to have to change his behavior yes and so he just acts like a fucking he had a pretty cherry gig where he just got to go to the woods of canada yeah Yeah. to just sow his wild oats he didn't have to worry about anyone out there you know except his horse and if he could have just stayed yeah stayed in the the woods of canada he would have been fine but no society has forced him to come back and find a lover he's also a hopeless romantic he's got um 
Anthony Hopkins in Remains of the Day Syndrome, where he's You're like always quoting Anthony Hopkins in Remains. I just, I just read like this that book. Part of Have it. you read it? I haven't read it. It's Katsuo Ishiguro, yes. right? Yeah, I haven't read it. I've read enough of his stuff that like I need to like I need to really prepare myself because it's always <laughs> like pretty so like quietly devastating. But if you've seen the movie, it's not devastating in a different are. way. But it's yeah. so good. It's so good. It is very sad. I'm excited. I've got his new one. I'm excited. About yeah, me too. It. But um, yeah, he's like this guy's like he's like quietly reading Walter Scott novels. Like he gets caught reading. He's like an autodidact. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's reading Waverly, and but he's like persuaded himself that it's like he's reading it because it's a historical <laughs> novel, <laughs> and it's like a saucy romance, and like she she calls him out on yeah, that. Yeah, Amelia's like, you love romance novels, and he's like, I would <laughs> never. <laughs> I'm waiting it for the history. I love war and history, (laughs) madam. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Sure you do. It's like men love (laughs) wrestling, not watching men, you know, tumble together. Sure. I have a segment I want to introduce, Jack. Okay. Yep. It is called... Welcome to my red room. Okay, um, why don't you explain this segment for the benefit of our guests? Yes, I will explain this segment. Um, each week, we read a romance novel for this book, <laughs> uh, for this podcast. Uh huh. And Jack reads it with his eyes, and yeah. I read it with my ears. Yeah. Like a, a some kind of modern sophisticate. And this week, I was sitting on the couch at my in-laws' house. Uh, while my wife and sister-in-law and mother-in-law doted on me in the kitchen That's by nice. preparing uh, Thanksgiving Day feast for me. Mm-hmm. And I sat on the couch listening to this horny book about two <coughs> people who like to have sex. And I just want to read you a quick passage and sort of describe the atmosphere <coughs> that I was for in you. as I was listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> In my red room, and my my playroom, my yeah. dark my dark fantasy room, where I do all <laughs> yeah. my secret sex stuff. Yep, leather straps. Got it. <laughs> she reached between them, unbuttoning his fall and small clothes with practice skill. He cupped her breasts, teasing her nipples to peaks through the thin muslin as she freed him from his trousers. Her cool, delicate fingers wrapped around his thick length, stroking him boldly. He reclined in the chair, reveling in the sensation. She was a quick study, his Amelia. She'd already learned just how he liked to be touched. And it goes on to be a pretty robust and horny sex scene. And the whole time I was literally lying down completely supine on a couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, as everyone in my family uh, worked to prepare me Thanksgiving Day feast. Um, yeah. You know, obviously trying very hard not to uh, get too into it. <laughs> sure. You know. Listening to it on the speakers. Everybody's <laughs> just like <laughs> running around like, we burned the turkey. Sorry, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got to get through the book. <laughs> it's for work. <laughs> yeah. So that's my playroom this week. It's yeah. uh, my, my in-law's house on the couch as everyone works to prepare me a Thanksgiving Day meal. And I'm sitting on the couch uh, just sort of listening to horny audiobooks. 
So just so you know, for like the last 300 years, women have been sitting in all sorts of places doing this, right? Like more recently on airplanes, trains, they are like sitting around turning themselves on in public places all the time. That's interesting to know. Seems I just want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it is. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that they found a way to regulate that yet. Maybe in Texas. They will. They will. Yeah. They will. They'll have neighbors calling in on each other. Um, so that's my that's my playroom this week. That's where I was. That's beautiful, uh, Tanner. Thank you for sharing. That's where that. I was my horniest. Yeah. Have you guys seen that episode of The Office where Phyllis is listening to Fifty Shades of Grey while working? Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. that. It's ripped yeah. from the headlines because I would absolutely listen to Fifty Shades of Grey. And that is work. What do you mean <laughs> while I'm working? <laughs> We're the lucky ones. <laughs> um, this is a, so we have a, a, a another segment that we like to do uh, where we rate these novels um, on the Moe's scale of hardness. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, this one is a really easy one for me. I, I think it's one of the hornier books that I've read. Okay, oh my God, You're the, like newbies. I guess we are. I, like, I'm interested to hear what Tanner thinks, but this is like for me, like it's. All the, I think it's like this striptease aspect of it where they're doing it like in parts where it's like it's kind of like they'll do like the first part of doing it and then stop and then come back and do the next part of it and then like finally, oh yeah they sort of take like six months to finally like fully do sex yeah, um, yeah. and so yeah. like that like week, that but yeah build up we so we've got the Mo scale which is how you judge hardness and I wrote down um, corundum which is as <laughs> As hard as a masonry not familiar. trail. I'm not familiar with it either, but it's apparently as hard as a masonry drill, uh, which is a nine on the, most, on the most Jesus. scale. Second wow. only to diamond. Uh, this one was pretty horny. It was pretty sexy. I would say it was, what's a what's a, an eight on the most scale? I don't know. Got to look it up. Oh, I could have Googled it. I thought you just had it up. An eight is a... Uh... You said had it up and I did not make an erection joke. I just would like credit. <laughs> I think that was showed an incredible amount of restraint. Topaz. Thank you. I'd say it's somewhere between Topaz and and Quartz. What was it Corundum? Oh, Corundum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Learning a lot about these rocks. Um, yeah, but this was a, so you Vanessa kind of you you don't you don't think that this rates as like a particularly horny romance? You, I mean, you have where, where does it very... put, where does it place you on the Mo's scale? <laughs> so I just think it's I think it's a very sexy romance but i don't think it's a horny romance like i don't think it's not like there isn't a ton of explicit sex right it's about like the like long art of seduction whereas so what are you like you're like a fluorite i'm like an (laughs) opal i don't know what's on the scale but i feel like opal is like a a soft uh, soft gem yeah a soft you've never you've never heard two people frantically search opal hardness <laughs> as quickly in your You're life that's a 5.5 it's a 5.5 5. 5 to 6.5 okay that's pretty good scale. that's great yeah. that was are a, you impressed with how much i know about semi-precious stones very good poll yeah good Thank job you. yeah <laughs> i'm um, surprised at myself okay so a fairly horny book fairly horny yeah, yeah. It's pretty horny Medi- there's like lots of horny. sex scenes and they do lots of but there's a lot of interrupted sex. sex, right? Like they're about to have sex against That's the wall true. in the in the stable, and Jack walks in. They're about right, like yeah. it's not like them going at it like rabbits. Like 
one day you all should read Francesca's book in the Bridgerton series, and that is Diamond. Like, that's just all sex okay. all the time. <laughs> We've read some pretty horny books. We read one about these two ski dudes who, like... Yeah, <laughs> those guys were horny. Those guys never stopped having That was sex. The, whole, the whole book. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. It's also, in some ways, and I guess... I. I don't know if this is sexy or not, but it's also a novel about two people trying to figure out how to have a joint bank account <laughs> after they get married. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That is, is sexy as an anxious sexy. budgeter. <laughs> yeah. That's sexy. Like they haven't it like, is. we went through this. Like I went through this with my wife. Like at first we had separate bank accounts and then at some point it made sense for us to not have separate bank accounts. And there was, yeah. you know, th- there's a lot of stuff in between that I won't describe in detail here, but it's pretty sexy just figuring out yeah. how to, you know, which, whether to go Bank of America or... Ch- anyway, whatever. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, don't turn me on. Do you want to save this for Love in the Time of Horses? Yeah, we'll save it. But, like, a central tension of the novel is, like, she's like, can you lend some money to my brother? <laughs> and he's like, no, I won't. And then at some point she's like, you've got to, because your money is my money. Yeah, I don't know whose side were you guys on in that argument. I think, here's here's where I'm at with that. Um, It's always a a massive flashing warning sign when somebody, a new person in a relationship tries to separate their partner from their friends or family. And in this case the family that he is trying to keep her from is like a pretty bad guy and is dangerous. And in fact, when he lets Jack, the brother in, the first thing he does is like off to Gretna Green with the ward. And like, you know, that's not great, but I didn't love it. So I kind of fell on her side. What if it's inadvertent? What if you're like hanging out with your in-laws and they're like, Tanner, we're cooking you Thanksgiving dinner. Are you hard right now? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and that sort of like creates a little bit of a rift between. Yeah, yeah. If you they're the like, family. if you if you were not married to Jamie, but it was your first Thanksgiving with the family, and they were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, your new boyfriend didn't help at all. He just lay supine on the couch, listening on our speakers on our <laughs> Sonos speakers. surround sound. Like speakers, we wanted to play. Yeah like traditional music but instead he insisted on playing i was hoping for a bach passion (laughs) exactly um yeah in that case like yeah anyway where did you where did you guys land i i I was on her side i think um like you can't you can't be like we got married in a day and now you can't see your brother anymore (laughs) like even if he's an asshole very difficult to watch someone get taken advantage of by someone yeah in a position like that, right? Like her brother has a gambling addiction. And I think that there's a reason that there's like Al-Anon, right? Being yeah. loving someone who has an addiction or loving someone who's loving someone who has an addiction is really hard. And so I appreciate that he changes tactics and is like, I shouldn't have cut you off from him. But I also really understand that desire to be like this. This guy this is guy bad sucks. news for you. It's bad news, yeah. Right? And like he's constantly hurting you and he's constantly betraying you and he's dangerous because he's always in debt. And I just feel for both of them. I feel like addiction makes things really complicated. Bu- he is a bad communicator. He's a bad communicator. Yes, he's a totally Jack bad is. communicator about it. Yeah. No, no um, and, yeah. and Midnight. Spencer. Mr. Yeah. Midnight. Oh, Spencer. Right, right, right. But, S- Spencer sort of strikes me as like a bit of a, um, what was the dude from Jane Eyre, Rochester? Rochester. Yes. Yeah. 
he's sort of a like a Rochester type. He's, he's got Rochester sort of a, vibes. He's a little bit of a prick. <laughs> Do you know? Like, I just had a book come out. My book is called Praying with Jane Eyre. Praying with Jane Eyre. Yes. Hell yeah. So, fight me about Rochester another time, Tanner. Do you think he's a prick? He's a prick. Are you pro Rochester? Yes. I'm very mixed about Rochester. <laughs> he kept his wife in the in the attic. It's unforgivable. It's unforgivable. But even you that, like he's like, just sort of like he's just sort of a grump. And Spencer's a grump. If you're like a brooding emo guy, and then like you have a dark secret, and your dark secret is like you love your horses too much, like that's in this book. <laughs> that's that's fine. fine. But if your dark secret is you keep your one. wife in the attic. It's just, it's, there's absolutely no coming back from it. There's no yeah. coming back from it, even I'm if you're handsome. I'm not going to fight you on the fact that it's a bad look. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm excited to read your book. Tell me what, tell me what, what the, the premise oh. is specifically. Um, I'm treating sections, I am like an atheist chaplain, so I'm treating segments of Jane Eyre as if they're the liturgy that I'm preaching on. That's awesome. the Bible. I love it. You know, thanks. But uh, yeah, I have very complicated feelings about Rochester. I'll just keep shameless plugging. It's all we talk about on this season of Hot and Bothered. This season's called On Air, where we're talking about Jane Eyre. And I think that the logic of the novel really wants you to believe that he is a man who saves women from bad situations, even when he doesn't need to, right? He saves Adele, even though he doesn't need to. Yeah. Right. Like he's, and so I think that the logic of the novel wants you to think that he's doing the right thing by not yeah. putting Bertha in as a in an asylum. Yeah. No. But totally. Obviously, yeah. he's a fucking monster. It's crazy. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. That. That. I think that's that's definitely right. Like yeah. the badness of Rochester is that he's like brooding and sad from the point of view of the novel. Not. And, not yeah, that he and like locked his, his wife in the attic. Right. But I think it's really <laughs> it's important a, to reckon with that it's now. It's hard to look past it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> Tanner, we have no minutes left, so I'll let okay. you choose which segments um, w- that Sorry. we must get through. In o- no, 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 this is great. Okay. Uh, um, this is a segment, Vanessa, where we talk about the burns in the book. Um, Did we warn you that you need to bring a burn? No. Okay, you, you need to bring a burn. You have to bring a, a burn. sick burn. You got to bring yeah. a sick burn. The sickest burn okay. you can find in the book. Uh, Jack will start just to kind of give you a little bit of a a, yeah. a feel for the the mood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I should have brought more. You really should have brought a burn. Um, I don't no, know I how you could have possibly known it since no, we should've. didn't tell you to. But okay. I'm a, you've. I didn't. So I didn't know. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I would have. And for uh, <laughs> sex pots and uh, bed and no, it's bed, bed pots bugs. and sex bugs. Yeah, sex <laughs> bugs and bed pots. We're still trying to figure uh, out what to call our listeners. Do you do you have thoughts oh. on it? What do you call listeners on Hot and Bothered? We're so we're horrible about that. Hotties. Um, That's pretty good. <laughs> we should. Oh, yeah. Hotties and naughties. Those hotties who we bother. <laughs> hotties and naughties. <laughs> the people we bug. Yeah, I'm going to read a burn. Yeah, yeah. please. Okay, um, and. Vanessa, you absolutely do not have to frantically search. I'm for a looking burn. for a burn. <laughs> okay, I good. will find a burn. <laughs> Tessa's good at him. She's got a good sense of humor. She is really I, good at him. Yeah, yeah. And Mr. Midnight hates Bellamy, so I'm gonna find one. Here's my burn. Spencer, she took one of his hands in hers. As we are bearing our secrets, I feel I should confess something. 
I may have been responsible for starting a most pernicious rumor about you, worse than any other. Oh, really? he asked, intrigued. Yes, biting her lip, she gave him a doleful look. I may have told a group of impressionable young ladies that by the light of the full moon, you transform into a ravening hedgehog. He struggled to maintain a reproachful silence. She continued, Well, if it helps, I do regret it now. Do you? Oh, yes. It was an insult to hedgehogs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a burn on, I guess, that guy. Hedgehogs yeah. are very nice, actually. Are they? Oh, you've met them. You went to hedge convention. I once went to a hedgehog convention. Yeah. I, for a time, had a, a very cool job at a major media company where I was the uh, in charge of the animals section. You did a lot of hedgehog journalism. And so I was like, see you suckers later. I'm going to the hedgehog convention. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Have you read Lisa Kleepass's books? She's no. a lot of like, so wait until you get to Lisa Kleepass. She has a lot of characters who have unconventional pets. And okay. hedgehogs feature in a big way. Hedgehog people really, really love their hedgehogs. There, there's like, well, I mean, maybe that's not all hedgehog people, but the people, the hedgehog people who go to the hedgehog convention, these people love their hedgehogs. They're big fans of their hedgehogs. It was that very surprise me. They call them hedgies. Yeah. S- speaking Aww. of Jack, actually, <laughs> yeah, what you've done, yeah, accidentally yeah. is you've introduced a new segment, okay, which perfect. is. Okay, it's called Girth Check. Uh, how long that I dong? Sus- yeah, how long that dong? Um, I suspect what she's doing is by saying that she has called him the uh, what was the the quote? Uh, she that he transforms into a ra- a ravening hedgehog. Yeah. So what I suspect she, what she means is that he has a penis about roughly the size of a hedgehog's. Gotcha. And I googled that. They're ickle. They're tight. They're teeny weeny. They're pretty cute. They're teeny weeny weenies. Yeah, teeny weeny weenies. Yeah. You looked it up, though. I Googled it. I Googled it. And I I ended up on (laughs) heavenlyhedgies.com on a a page titled The Hedgehog Penis, colon, Structure, Habits, and Disorders. Okay, perfect. Uh, Just to try to get to the bottom of, like, how, you know, like, what are we working with? Yeah, what are we working with here? We're bingus butchers. Yeah. Are you worried about what the NSA thinks about your Google search history? <laughs> I, Tanner should I think be. we we gave up on that. I think I think we're in like a special like folder in the NSA like database where it's like they must have a podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. How? Why are they searching hedgehog penis sizes <laughs> like f- frequently? You know. Yeah. So what? Uh, right so anyway, they- I read this entire article about hedgehog penises. They actually don't ever quote the size of a hedgehog penis i think they don't have particularly notably long penises yeah in fact i suspect just from reading this article that the hedgehog penis is often referred to as a hedgehog navel because it's sometimes okay. confused with the belly button just to kind of give you they have any's and outies so hedgehogs do not have particularly large penises okay thank you for doing the research yep you're doing welcome. the work that's called doing that's the work god's work yeah yep. should i read my burn yeah read your burn Give Vanessa a little more time. Yeah. Yep. But I'm I'm honing in, so I don't. 
I, I like appreciate it. it. It's like y'all are ordering first at the restaurant because I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, sorry, just I trying to keep the wa- make time. the waiter. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was telling them about my wedding plans and I didn't even look. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Order slowly, Tanner. That has not been my purpose, I assure you. But I will answer your question honestly. I wish to produce an heir as quickly as possible. I have no inclination to court, flatter, or otherwise woo some silly young chit scarcely half my age. Neither do I have the patience to engage the hand of a grieving woman who will be in mourning for the next year. Dowries are of no importance to me. I simply need a sensible woman from suitable bloodlines of robust constitution and even temperament with whom to create a few children. Amelia stared at him in horror. You want a broodmare, he said evenly. When you draw that comparison, you demean us both. (laughs) I have many fine mares in my stables, and yet there is not one of them I would allow to mother my children or manage my household, much less introduce my cousin to society. No, I do not want a broodmare. I want a wife, a duchess. And it's a burn on, I guess, non-horses. It's a burn on... I mean, most of this book is a burn on non-horses. And it's... (laughs) Yeah. The novel is... I'll remind you, it's a tragedy about two horses who met yeah. when they were foals. Star-crossed uh, lovers. Juno, the horse, when she was a foal, met Osiris, the horse. Right, when and he we're was not going to get into the... And he was the only horsey who could make her happy. And when she was around him, she was happy. But... Then I'm describing this whole novel. We should have done it at the beginning. Um, You're doing great. But then um, Osiris was taken away and Juno was treated very badly, incredibly badly. She was mistreated by her owners until she became a temperamental mare uh, and then fell into the hands of someone called the Duke of Midnight. Um, And then he was like, don't worry, I'll get your friend back for you and everything's going to be okay. And then he shot her. He shoots her her in the head. (laughs) In the head. And that's what this book is about. He shoots her in the head. Y'all are exhausting. (laughs) I promise you I'll find your lover. (laughs) It's a sad one. Don't read this one if you like horses. Oh my God. I like horses. Okay. We did like this book. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, you found a burn. Impressive. You got I, your burn? Yep. yep. I would like the veggie burger and fries. Okay. <laughs> so, for context, this novel starts with Amelia planning a menu. And then yes. within, like, she takes, like, creating amazing f- meals to be, like, she's a got real... A, she's got a summer home she's excited to visit. Yes, but she loves preparing delicious meals. And then she sends off her husband and Ashworth to catch salmon. So Amelia has planned a a meal. Ashworth and Midnight have caught the salmon. And at one point, um, Claudia says, when are you going to realize that I'm not a child? And they're eating the salmon at a dinner party. And Moreland says, eat your salmon. (laughs) And she says, I am not going to eat the dreaded salmon. And the reason I picked this. Is because it is an insult to the cook. Yeah. It's an insult to Amelia for planning the meal. It's an insult to the Duke who caught the salmon. And it's an insult to the <laughs> to salmon. The salmon. It's a yeah. rare quadruple burn. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to eat the salmon. <laughs> you bring that kind of heat to our podcast, a quadruple burn? Yeah. I did. <laughs> Y'all flirted with the waitress for me for so long. I had to really bring something back. <laughs> Tanner showed her a lot of leg. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I th- I believe that's all the time we have for today. Tanner, do you agree? Oh, wait, I have more notes. Okay, perfect. What is your... Horse club name. Okay, it's another name generator. Oh, that's fun. I like we started with a name generator. We're going to end with a name generator. We'll it. Their one is called I'm excited. the Stud Club. I'll tell you what theirs is Ours called. Ours is called the Stud Club. Let me read the passage. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dear. Lily said weekly. Sorry, weekly. Oh, dear. <laughs> Lily said weekly. Her head sank to the table again. Don't tell me. This has to do with that absurd club Leo started with the horse. Yes. What a ridiculous name he gave it. The Stud Club. I told him he should have asked me for ideas. I could think of a dozen better things to call it. What's wrong with the Stallion Society? (laughs) Amelia bit back a laugh. So this is a club that the Duke of Moreland, the Midnight Duke, Mm -hmm. and Ashbury, the sort of like brutish... Emo, uh, MCR dude. Yeah, MCR dude. Ashworth? Ashworth. Yes. I like Ashbury better. And, Tanner's um, improving the book. Who's the last guy? Bellamy. More Bellamy. The Hellraiser. They're the last three remaining members of the Stud Club, which is this club that co-owns a horse called Osiris that they want to um, stud out to, to do sex with Mares. lady horses to mm-hmm. make yeah, no, we all understand it, actually. The baby horses. Yeah, we got it. Keep actually, wait, I need they another They called it the stud wait, club. <laughs> Obviously, that's problematic for a lot of reasons. It's something that Jack and I, uh, sorry, uh, Jack and Vanessa and I own yeah. as a club name that we're in together. Thank you. Um, and then Lily suggests the stallion. What did Society. I say? The stallion society, which has mm-hmm. an alliteration, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, we just need to figure out what our horse club would be called. Care for mares. God, that's good. Mare care. Mare care. Okay, mine's Green Rings Geldings. But that really makes it feel like you uh, kind of own it. Yeah, it's it. my club. Green Rings Geldings does have a ring to it. It sounds good, and it's my club. And it's like, if you, yeah, sure, if you want your lady horse to have sex with my powerful male horse. I think it's the Mustang Gang. Oh, I like that. And we're the Mustang Gang, and that's unfortunately all the time we have. Well, actually, no. Vanessa, do you have anything else you want you want to get off your chest about this novel, specifically, that you, that you wanted to say that we didn't give you an opportunity to say? The only thing that I want to say is that this novel proves that sometimes in order to win, you have to lose. Yeah, and that's also the point of White Man Can't Jump, the movie. Yes, I, uh, and they're. It's a movie. spiritual. It's a spiritual sequel. She says that to him. To, I know, yeah. Rosie Perez. I'm not going to do my impression. Yeah. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes <laughs> when you lose, you really win. Yeah, she does say that. She uh, says it to uh, Lord Marbury. She says, "Oh, th- <laughs> this is a spiritual sequel to White Men Can't Jump." <laughs> And she says, "What is a quince?" I was young enough when I watched White Man Can't Jump that, like, when she first says that to him, because he's like, "I'm going to win the basketball game," and she's like, "What about our love?" But she, when she first says that to him, I saw it in theaters, and she's like, yeah. "Who's that?" She's like, "Sometimes when you win, yeah. you lose, and sometimes when you lose, you win." And I was like, "What the fuck is she talking that about?" Is not- And then at the end, I was like, oh, shit. She was right the whole time. He won the basketball game, but he lost their love. Yeah. Like, the movie really worked on me. What about when she teaches him? Sometimes when I ask you for a glass of water, 
I don't want a glass of water. <laughs> I want you to say, I too have been thirsty. <laughs> that right. took me. So it sounds that like you two need to start a white men can't jump years podcast to together. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so good on that podcast. That's a great movie. It really is. Same. Wait, we could just watch all of that guy's movies. What's his name? He did Tin Cup and Bull Durham. Oh my god, they're all good. They're all those are all good sports movies. They are. Uh, Bull Durham. My uh, my wife's favorite scene in any movie is when the the I think it's Bull the Durham. Kevin Costner the, monologue. No, it's the, it's it's because oh, I can do that for you right now too. Oh my god, I need to hear it. <laughs> yeah, wait, do it. Where does it start? I you believe, put yourself uh, on the wait, spot. How does it start? No, 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 no. As long as I can get the first line, I can do the whole thing. It goes, I believe in real grass, not AstroTurf, right? I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe in <laughs> opening presents on Christmas morning and not Christmas Eve. And I believe in long, slow, deep kisses that last three days. It's <laughs> not the whole one, though. Wow. It's not the whole thing. That's impressive. Still impressive, honestly. Uh, my wife's mm. favorite part in the f- movie is uh, they all like, all the guys go up to the pitcher's mound to have a conversation about, like, <laughs> about what? playing candle the pitcher. Six, candle sticks are always a great present. And instead way. they're just like gossiping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's lovely. So um, too. Tanner, do you want to do a quick speech before we leave? From, from a movie? From one of these yeah. uh, sports movies by yeah. Ron Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do one. Let, yeah. me look, uh, let me look something up real quick. <gasps> this is great. Who knew? that was in my brain all that that was very impressive that you just pulled that and here's mine <laughs> okay tanner i'll, uh, I'll lay nick, a bed of music nick nolte's final monologue Perfect. from blue chips great oh i i remember too much about that movie too the sats are culturally biased <laughs> Why do you know? <laughs> why do you know so much about this guy's movies? Ugh. Ron Shelton, you're like, you should start a Ron Shelton podcast. Like, and both of my listeners will be you. You're like a super. No, I'm not going to listen to that. Jack will. <laughs> I will. Yeah, my wife and I will will really eat that up. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing astroturf. That's how it started. Ugh, and the designated right. hitter. He's wrong as an American League fan, but whatever. We have to go. It's like... You can't yeah. have the pitchers. You can't have the pitchers. Tanner, we'll save your... You want to save your Nick Nolte thing for I'll another? I'll save it. Yeah, we'll I'll save, save it. it. I'm sorry. We're going to leave. We're also going to go. I would like to thank you, Tanner, so very much for bearing with me. I would like to thank you, Vanessa, so very much for being our fantastic guest. This week, I would like to thank the uh, bed pots and the sex bugs, and I'm sorry that that's what we call you currently, uh, for bearing with us. Please, everybody, do remember to uh, subscribe to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash podcast. That is where we talk about the Sweet Valley Twins books. And we've also got another tier where we're talking about the second season of the Babysitter's Club Netflix show. You can yep. join our Facebook group at Baby Nation on Facebook. Um, this week, we read a novel. The novel that we read was, of course, called One Dance with the Duke. Yes. And it's it's part of a series that where the naming convention gets very clever. Yeah, it's like one two one blank with the blank. Oh, doing sexes blanks. with another guy. Twice yeah. tempted and the last one by is a like rogue. Three nights with a scoundrel. Three nights with yeah, a three scoundrel. nights with a scoundrel. Very fun. Um, next week we're going to be reading a movie novel. I think probably just given how yes. timing's working out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Vanessa, um, where can people find you? They should listen to Hot and Bothered. That is yes. the best place to find me. I'm on Twitter, Vanessa M. Zoltan, and Instagram. And you've Vanessa got a book. M. Zoltan. I have a book, Praying with Jane Eyre, by me, yeah. Vanessa M. Zoltan. Yeah, you've got to read it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you are welcome back anytime. We really love having <laughs> thank you on the you. show. This me? When, whenever you talk about <laughs> oh, Bull no. Vanessa. Yeah, Tanner has to be back every time. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Tanner. <laughs> I thought I was finally being released from this purgatory. <laughs> this week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner. Vanessa, you can go. I'm Vanessa Zoltan. <laughs> no, you could just do the outro, Tanner. Oh, I'm I do the outro. Yeah, Tanner does. Tanner decided that he does the outro and on never, this show, literally and then I, never and then I remembers. Forget. Yeah, yeah. It's like a three-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I dress myself. It's generous. Oh, <laughs> uh, and we're I should say we're the Mustang gang. Yeah. Jack tore his gaze away. Uh he had spent entirely too much time. Can you put Vanessa looking in this at, too? Yes. Jack and Tanner tore their uh sorry. Jack and Vanessa tore their gaze away. They had spent entirely too much time looking at Tanner this evening and <laughs> they couldn't bear to see him humanized any further. Far safer to hold their demonized version, arrogant, okay. cold, horse mad, <laughs> easy to detest. You want me to know about dinosaur train and roll with that, and you won't roll with my Foo Fighters <laughs> deep cut? Fine. I did watch a Foo Fighters documentary that I found extremely compelling. It was very interesting. They are so charming. They're so charming, but they have this like weird backstory where they like kicked out the guy from Sunny Day Real Estate and like But like by accident. It's but it's like it's like this bitter it's yeah. just very bitter. It was like yeah. Dave Dave Grohl. I like understand both sides of it. You guys want to save this for your food as a control <laughs> freak? But like Dave Grohl went and like recorded over all of his drum tracks like piece by piece. But he was told to by, by that producer, <laughs> yeah. and that's the other guy wasn't that. answering the phone. But if that's your saying. whole, if your whole thing is you're a drummer, and then like Dave Grohl but, redoes your shit, like but Dave, Dave Grohl's a drummer. drummer. I don't know. He was a drummer. Imagine, like imagine if you recorded a podcast and then your co-host went and like did all your bits <laughs> themselves and then you <laughs> it heard was, it, it and it's like, this is just a monologue. <laughs> not gonna, look, Dave and I have argued about this before. Okay. I'm not gonna You're argue about it with side. you, Jack. Yeah. Okay, I am on enough. Dave's side. <laughs> He's married to a woman from the San Fernando Valley and as a fellow Valley girl. Okay. It's like he married me. Dave calls I, my husband. I'm also a big Sunny Day real estate fan. So like that, that I'm like, I was, when I first heard about the Foo Fighters, I was like, holy shit, that's the Sunny Day real estate rhythm section. So when that, mm-hmm. the Sunny Day real estate part of that just like completely fell apart, that, that hurt my heart a little bit. That was your first reaction. It's not, holy <laughs> shit, it's the guys from Nirvana. No. Yeah. Know. <laughs> you know, the rest of the world has a different <laughs> version of that, right? Um, okay, let's get back into it. I like we like to count again. If that's all right, Tanner, are you recording? Oh my god, this notes. isn't going in. My Foo Fighters <laughs> gold. Fine. Yeah, it may it may end up in the outro, but I guess we'll see. <laughs>